Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Asians Represent. My name is Daniel, and I am the DM of this Dungeons & Dragons actual play. Yes, that's right. This is the first episode of our D&D actual play, and it's come out earlier than you might have anticipated. Now, it's come out for a reason. Um, we decided to release this because, well, we got nominated for an Emmy Award. That's right. Asians Represent got nominated for an Ennie Award at the 2019 Ennies. So that means that Agatha and I are going to be coming down to Indianapolis to go to Gen Con. Agatha was already going, but you know when it was announced that we had been nominated, I uh, immediately started figuring out how I was going to make my way down to Indianapolis. So we are going to be at Gen Con. Now, we would love to win for Best Podcast, and in order to do that, we need your help. So between, I believe, July 11th and July 21st, you can vote um, for us. So um, just head to our social media at AZNS Represent, and we will have the link where you can vote for Asians Represent to support us and you know show the world that this podcast and our voice, the, the voice of the Asian community, uh, deserves to be in this, you know, on the main stage at this big industry award for tabletop gaming. It would mean the world to us. Um, but other than that, that I mean, no other news can top that. Uh, we're, we're just blown away uh, that this community believes that we deserve to even be nominated. And we've been around for less than a year. And us going to Gen Con will be, you know, a one-year anniversary of us announcing the creation of this show. So an any would be you know, incredible. I would probably cry. Um, but that being said, this is the first episode. This is our session zero of our D&D Actual Play podcast, and it will be released at the end of every month. Uh, so at the beginning of the month, we'll have indie stuff. In the middle of the month, we'll have our usual discussion-based show. And at the end of the month, we'll have D&D. So this is session zero. Uh, welcome to Shah. So enjoy it. But welcome to session zero. We are we are back with you know the first on I would say the pilot episode of our D and D actual play. Oh snap. Oh, oh snap indeed and this is when i beow, 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 beow. you don't have the app ready do you i do oh do you but i have it ready for something else so keep talking oh snap okay so we're back the actual play asians represent crew is back together but with a new cast member <laughs> that's right wow like i'm part of the family now i love it yeah you are part of the family <laughs> you are always part of this family if you're listening to this show, if you've been listening since day one, or you are you know, new to Asians Represent, welcome to our family. And welcome to our immediate family, Steve. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, my name is Steve. Um, I'm so uh, like four levels above excited to be here. Um, I can't believe that we kind of met, how many months ago was it? Back at Breakout Con? March. Yeah, March. Where I was just that guy wearing a cosplay, just being weirdly in cosplay when no one else was. Uh, <laughs> Can I just say your cosplay was amazing? It was very good. Thank it you. was good. This is also pretty. Not Robin. It was. I was uh, I was Red Hood, was and, Red Hood, and it was a little insensitive because I had a lot of yeah. prop guns and some violence that happened, and I felt really really bad. 
and the staff were they were cautious around me right. but no it was great i got to meet everyone i got to see some great panels on diversity and ba- especially like asian representation mm-hmm. and then we just started talking and maybe having a couple of drinks in the lobby and then we just kind of started chatting and oh my god i'm here now i'm here non-alcoholic drinks yes of course not because that area was not licensed yes uh, exactly <laughs> under the liquor co- liquor control board of ontario cool <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we, we met at BreakoCon. we started talking and you just like, I loved your vibe. I think we all loved your vibe, as you described it as bombastic. <laughs> you described it as bombastic. And when we found out that Jade was leaving us no. only only geographically, only yeah. geographically, yeah, that's true. Jade was leaving us. We were like, well, we got to do a D and D show, and we need <laughs> a new cast member. And, no, and Jade is irreplaceable. It's true. Jade is irreplaceable. So we just need a new cast member. A new Asian. <laughs> a new... <laughs> check. Got check, it. Check. Asian. This is, oh, there's yeah, only sorry. one box. There's a token it? representation here, if you didn't realize. I, I represent all Asians on this podcast now, I guess. <laughs> you really do. And we were, we were like, check. What, what do you need? You need to be bombastic, and you need to be Asian. That's it. <laughs> you checked off both. Some people were, were, only, were only Asian and not bombastic, but you were both. Oh. And then you checked off the secret box in costume. You were you were you were in costume. I'm like all about like just wearing costumes now. Yeah. After D and D live, I was like, put on my Amara helped me put on my parts of my leather armor, and I was like, oh, That's but so then it's awesome. kind of squeaky, so I can't wear it during the recording. But Steve, you're here. Yes. You're you're at the Asians represent HQ, my dining room table, <laughs> <laughs> and we're about to record session zero of our. D&D podcast. Um, we're going to be playing 5th edition D&D. I think this is Agatha's first long-term game. Yeah, it really is. I've is never this... played a long-term game before. Is this also your first time playing Dungeons & Dragons? It is not, ah. unfortunately. No, it is not. You have to listen to uh, you know our pilot episode to find out about Agatha's history. D- Agatha's history with D&D. The... Oh, right. Go back and listen to it. I while. remember it now. Okay. Just... Yeah. I think it's my first time playing 5th Ed, though. No, you played it. we played it with the Broadswords. Oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Shout out to the Broadswords. <laughs> yeah, but there was no recording of it, so did it actually exist? Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. So this is your first time playing 5th edition D&D. Young guys, young guys. <laughs> so we're going to play 5th edition D&D. We're going to make our characters. But we want to do a couple of things first before we dive right into character creation. Uh, the first thing is we want to give a little shout out to Wizards of the Coast and D&D Beyond team. Uh, after D&D Live, the D&D Beyond team reached out to me and gave me insider access. Well, they said, do you want insider access? And I fell to my knees and I begged. <laughs> and, well, digitally, in all caps, wrote, yes, please. Um, <laughs> and so they gave us access to all of the D&D books. So uh, this will actually help Agatha greatly make the character of her dreams. Yep. It, there's a section that says D&D for newbies. And I was like, oh, how'd you know? <laughs> how'd you know? Um, so, yeah, we thank you, D&D Beyond, for, for making this entire, you know, session zero a reality, helping us make our characters. Um, what we're also going to be doing during this is we're going to be establishing our world. And we wanted this D&D actual play to be set in an Asian world. Uh, a world where, you know, primarily we're going to start off in East Asia in like a fantasy China. But we're going to have a lot of influence from other parts of the world. And we're going to be building those with you. 
Now, one thing we want to do to make this actual play different from others, other than, you know, it having Steve as our Asian representation. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, other than, you know, having Amara's amazing voice, Agatha's dope role-playing presence, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I do, but... <laughs> the, the DM. The energy. The one who created it all. Well, we're going to do it collaboratively. Oh. Um, because one of the things I want to do is I want to make this educational. So... We are going to actually base this on historical events, historical artifacts. We're going to be doing a lot of research. And uh, we're going to be posting some of those notes on our social media. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about weapons and all those sorts of things, we're going to start posting pictures on our social media, things that inspired us. Um, In the future, we might also be doing a collaboration with a museum to do some live chats about the history and the material culture that inspired our world. But even before we go into any of the D&D role-playing, we need to establish rules, safety tools, and our role-playing style and sort of the, the tone of, like, the game. Like, like what, do, what do we want to do? Like, Agatha, do you, do you have any, like, are there any rules that you specifically want? Like, uh, safety tools? Um, I mean, yeah, I think it would be nice if we could keep using the same mm-hmm. safety tools that we used um, in our masks, new Shambhala. Select card, lines and veils. Okay. Or something along those lines. If, you, if we don't want to use those specifically, then at least have another framework. Yes, yeah. I, I like having both of those. Are there any other safety tools that you two wanted, Amar, Steve? That's pretty comprehensive. I like those. Yeah. I think depending on like the, the direction we go with, we might want like a that one that says like keep going, even though it's like Oh, like the O card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shout out to Kiana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Okay, so uh, we're going to use the X card, the O card, and lines and veils. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, and as Amara said, that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I we like should, that. We should have physical cards next time, so then we can like silently put our hand on the O card. We can uh, maybe I'll like I'll, I'll make something like a special card that we can use for our game. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Designer Daniel. Mm, dabbler. <laughs> D- dabbler in InDesign. Wait, let's, no, let's call it that. No, you are a designer. I guess, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're also, um, I want to talk about rules, because this is your first time playing like a, like a long-term 5th edition game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll consider it your first time playing 5th edition, mm-hmm. because that other one, we have no digital record of it ever happening. Yeah, and it was pretty free. Like, I... I didn't really need to know anything. Yeah. And so, Steve, you've been playing D&D for a very long time. Oh, God. I've been playing since... I've been playing for almost two decades. Yes. Same here. And Amara, you've been playing for a couple years now. Uh, Yeah. I'm still relatively uh, new to Dungeons & Dragons specifically. Uh, Most of my experience has been with a game called Godlike, uh, which is sort of superheroes uh, in World War II. Uh, with, of course, Anderson Todd, the famous My GM is Better Than Your GM. But he has also run a couple of games of Dungeons & Dragons for me, uh, and I am in a D&D campaign as well at the moment. So less experience than the two of you, but uh, still very excited about this. Sweet. Yeah, I think, Steve, you and I have a very similar amount of D&D experience. Yeah, we're, we're nerding about 3.5 and just like the amazing parts of it and the not-so-amazing parts of it. Everybody online is like, oh, 3.5. I had to drop it in so that people understand, like, I have the cred, because D&D nerds, they'll take me on the streets. They'll just take me out. I can do the math. I can do, I can do the spreadsheet. That is the character sheet in 3.5. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm glad we aren't playing 3.5. Okay. It would, it's, it's got the highest barrier to entry in terms of yeah. ability. It, it, it's not very welcoming. 
Okay. And 5th edition is the most welcoming edition of D&D. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited that we're going to be doing that. Um, so also, so do we still want to keep talking about tone? Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to establish rules first. So if we're doing 5th edition, yeah. um, I want to share my GMing style. And like, I love bending the rules. I am not a rules lawyer. I like, I like making things happen for the players. Um, so as long as everybody's okay with that, are we are we cool with bending the rules? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> you, guys, you guys, I don't want to. I like the rules. Uh, sorry, no. My, my alignment, like Amar's alignment, is lawful good. So we have to follow every single little rule there is there. Perfect to, to the letter. To the letter. Yeah. Amar's got a stack of books next to him. <laughs> yeah. He's got three copies of the player's handbooks. So you can look at multiple rules at the same time in <laughs> <laughs> like this array in front of you. Uh, see, the, the, listeners, uh, this is very funny because A, I do not have those copies, and B, I can't actually read. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to bend the rules, and it is going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. well, we're going to actually have to do a lot of rule bending to meet sort of the setting. We're going to have to bend a lot of content as well. Content bending, like Avatar. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we are going to have to bend a lot of content to, make, to A, make this appropriate to the setting, and B, make this culturally appropriate. Because like we talked about on episode one of Asians Represent, the Orientalism episode, mm-hmm. there's a lot, of, a lot of things in D&D to work through. Yeah. And a part of this show is to allow us to do that. So there might actually be times when we're not actually playing D&D and we're just talking about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so heads up, listeners. Now, as for tone. Yeah, I was I was thinking that it would be nice for us to have, like, a semi-serious tone. Uh, like, we can we can joke about things, but I I think there are already a lot of podcasts out there, uh, a lot of D&D podcasts that are very supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think it'd be cool if this was a more like, oh, like, let's take this... Um, as players, we can take this story seriously, but then, obviously, if you want to make jokes or whatever, that's fine, too. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, and, and Daniel was saying that this is has like an educational component to it, and I'm very excited because I'm I'm pretty lax on my my history, both personally and like my fa- my family and stuff. So, oh, you got a cool story though. I do have a cool story. We'll, we'll bring that up. Yeah, Agatha hasn't heard it yet. Oh yeah, no, I haven't. Mm. Oh, it, it's a, it's a it's a good story. Okay, I'm excited. Get pumped. Get get tense. Uh, uh, <laughs> Wait. It's, it's the <laughs> get swole for my story. <laughs> Just don't think too much about it. No, no. Anyways, no, I, I'm totally on board with like semi-serious um, because I feel like if we're, we're going to be semi-serious about it, then we can actually have that proper kind of groundwork for us to like go back home, do research, come back and be like, you know, talk about it and, and, and grow that way. Mm-hmm. Lamar, what do you think? Yeah, that, that sounds uh, about right. Um, I You may have already noticed have a hard time keeping a completely serious tone, at least as a player, but I think as a character, I'm really excited to yeah, explore more the dramatic elements of this. And we're adding some really interesting tools that I think will help enable the dramatic side to come out. Ooh, you picked that dramatic thing. Yeah, and before we dive into that, I, I wanted to, to bring up a couple things uh, that I wanted to kind of run by the group. Amar, uh, you suggested that we use... Um, sort of um, dramatic polls. Yeah. Did you want to explain that to the listeners? Uh, yeah. So the dramatic polls, it comes from uh, the drama system created by uh, Robin D. Laws, uh, and it would be a replacement for the alignment system, uh, which is often very challenging to make work uh, in, uh, in D&D. Uh, the dramatic polls is uh, basically, it, it gives us options for our characters uh, that are beyond just, I'm going to do the good thing, which is often comically good. Or the bad thing, which is often comically terrible. Like, I, my options are, I'm going to save this kitten or crush it. And it's a little black and white. Uh, dramatic polls uh, would be something like, 
my character, on the one hand, um, wants to become famous as an adventurer and a hero, wants to become a legend, and wants stories to be told of him. But at the same time, there's this other pull of um, ta needing tactical efficiency, if that makes sense. So in a given context, I it might make more sense for me to soften up the enemy from a distance using um, like arrows and so forth, but that's not as heroic. And so that might propel me, my character to jump in and get in their melee or close combat uh, versus other times kind of hanging back and trying to do, you know use traps or snares. So that's an, it opens up options for uh, role-playing. Yeah, yeah. And for, for players who are wondering, like, drama system, where this comes from, uh, check out the game uh, Hill Folk. Mm -hmm. That was the sort of the first appearance of the... Uh, uh, the dramatic pull sort of elements of character creation. I think for if you're thinking more about role play and you're thinking about dramatic pulls, one that I really like for the character um, Fizz um, that that we kind of have in our ongoing collaborations at conventions. Mm -hmm. uh, Fizz is a monk, and so his two pulls are actually one is tradition. So Fizz is um, f deeply loyal to the traditional martial arts of his gnome gnome, gnome borough, mm -hmm. uh, but. Fizz is also curious, and through Fizz's travels, Fizz has kind of encountered in, um, obstacles, monsters, fighting styles that his traditional martial arts might not be suited to. And so Fizz is torn between two poles, one in honoring the traditional martial arts, and two, kind of becoming like the Bruce Lee that Jeet Kune Do, taking from other things, taking from everything mm -hmm. and making the ultimate martial art. So he's torn between honoring tradition and making innovating. the ultimate martial art and innovating. Yeah. So that kind of guides the role play for that character. Yep. But you could also be like, you could also boil it down to something simpler, like being selfish or altruistic. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so I think, Amar, you suggested we do dramatic pulls because it A, makes for way more interesting characters, mm -hmm. um, and B, kind of helps guide role playing. Yes. Like in a, in a really interesting way. Yeah, especially because the drama system was specifically created to model, you know, HBO drama series and so forth. So if we're doing something a little less jokey, a little bit more serious, I think that that'll be very helpful. Sweet. Um, I also wanted to um, make some changes in terms of classes. So if we're going to, I mean, cleric, paladin, bard, druid, those are all classes that are really difficult to do in an Asian setting because those concepts are not necessarily... Asian, mm -hmm. especially like the cleric and paladin. Mm -hmm. uh, there are things like it, um, but those terms are a little, a little different, like warlock as well. Mm -hmm. um, warlock is one that I've been thinking about because it's the one in my mind that it's a little bit more um, moldable. Mm -hmm. I think uh, a, the Chinese equivalent to a warlock would be the diviner. Um, so in ancient China, in the Shang Dynasty, 1600 BC, uh, bronze was a really important material. And people were making these vessels, these really intricate vessels uh, with these monster faces on them, the Tautie monster. Mm -hmm. um, and they would actually use these vessels and have these elaborate feasts honoring their ancestors. And now these feasts weren't meant to just honor the ancestors, but to also draw power from them and status and wealth. Um, and so whereas a warlock draws their magical power from mm -hmm. a patron, mm -hmm. the diviner, which is, I guess, the Asian equivalent to the warlock, would draw their magical power from their ancestors. Yeah. So mechanically, maybe during a long rest, they'd have to lay out all their bronze and kind of commune with the ancestors. And that kind of brings in some interesting role play, but also more culturally relevant role play. Yes, uh, that is very cool. 
And, and that is an example of what, why I'm so excited about this game, because it, this isn't just reskinning D&D. This is more getting into the mechanics of it and looking at how, how many Eurocentric assumptions there were built into the way the game developed. Um, so this is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask if we wanted to use two optional rules in D&D. One I know Agatha's going to love. Oh, okay. I want to start with that. Okay. It's uh, plot points. Okay, so um, are you two familiar with plot points? I don't know if you... Do you use plot points in your game? Uh, not in my game, but I have played Fate before. Okay, so judging by your reaction, see if you oh, do plot points. Oh, I do them all the time now. I, I did it once okay. and I'm hooked. I'm in. You're, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to like it. I think it's going to be your favorite thing. So plot points is the first one. So plot points is basically a tool that allows players to introduce plot complications into the game. Oh. Okay. So at the start of each session, everybody gets a single plot point. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you you could basically spend it to introduce a narrative point to the group that everybody has to accept as truth. Interesting. Okay. So it could be anything you want, right? But when you spend a plot point... The player to your right gets to introduce a complication. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Right, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I think it. Um, I my style of D and D is, I really don't want to tell you everything. I want us to have a conversation. Yeah. I, w- I want it to flow like an indie RPG, but with the rule set of D and D, which is my ideal D and D. So I want to use plot points for that. The other thing I want to use potentially are hero points. Hero points are another optional rule. This is the one we may or may not want to use depending on how we want to run the game. Mm-hmm. Hero points, you basically start off with a pool of five hero points and you can spend them to add a D6 to your roll. Um, it encourages you to take more risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps you, you know, if you're down, you know, pass a, um, a death save. Make a death save a success and you get hero points when you level up. But it encourages characters to be more heroic and take more risks and make everything way more cinematic Almost like a Wuxia movie. So under <laughs> what context would you get a hero point? Because you said that it encourages that. How, what do you mean by that? It, the, the use of hero points encourages you to do more heroic things. Like the fact that you have these resources. So oh, you could take more of a risk because you get to add a D6 to your roll if you wanted to. Huh. Yeah. Um, we don't have to use them, but you, they only replenish when you level up. So you save them from when you really need it for like a high drama moment. Oh, that's very interesting. I, I okay, that's a... and again, I'm not tied to any of these, so I, I I like the idea, but in my head, because I know how I work in these games, I'm just gonna have a pool of all these hero points, and I'm never gonna spend them because it's like potions in like a JRPG. Like you never use your your resources. You're just keep saving. You just them. save them up, and then you're like, oh, I'm about to level up, so I'm just gonna burn them all in this one encounter, and then just wreck everybody. Yeah, and I don't, I think that's not really what they're meant for. No. But I'm totally open to, to trying it. And maybe if, you know, a couple of sessions down the line, we're like, eh, we're not really using them. I'm okay taking it out too. Or if, we, or if we're going into a big battle, we can say we have hero points for that battle. doesn't matter. What do you, what do you two think? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to all of these things just because I'm open to trying all, all, like all the new rules. So it does, I don't think for me I can really gauge whether that would be a good thing or not. So I'm, I'm open to it. Okay. How about you, Amar? Uh, so does this functionally work a bit like inspiration? Uh, no, because inspiration would give you advantage. Yes. Uh, hero points give you a D6 that yeah. you get to add. Sorry, I meant, uh, not functionally, narratively, like not mechanically. Yeah, they, narratively, narratively, yes, exactly. And then we are also doing inspiration, correct? Yep. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, between the two of those, um, both of them sound pretty good. Okay. Like there, I assume there will be. We're doing inspiration in this in the system, right? Yeah. This yeah. And so my question about inspiration actually might resolve whether or not we want hero points or not. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, you know, play D and D with my level up gaming clients with our with our with our participants in our program. What we do is we actually have everybody set goals, kind of like, you know, how we have wishes, mm-hmm. you know, how we did wishes at the end of every session. Yeah. If our, if our participants in our program were working on their goals, like be more in character, um, have a conversation with someone during the break, because we're trying to work on social skills. At the end of every session, we reviewed whether or not they met these goals and every goal that they met, they got an inspiration, mm. right? Mm-hmm. In d d you can only have one at a time, yes. right? But I like to have it so that you could pool your inspiration. So if we want to pool inspiration, it might actually just make hero points moot. Yeah, in that case, then I think we don't need hero points then. I didn't realize there yeah. was another thing that... Yeah, so I wanted to see what which one we wanted. I, I think I'd, I'd, given the choice, I'd rather go for uh, stacking inspiration. Um, I like the drama of you know rolling two d20s and then, uh, yeah. I don't know, it worked or didn't work. The plus six is, a, I think... For me, emotionally, in that moment of the die roll, not as exciting. Yeah, because it's almost like it's guaranteeing you a certain success. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I think that one sounds a lot better. And I feel like me as a player, I'm going to get more out of the idea that let's set some goals. Let's try to, like, maybe get outside of my comfort zone. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be – what's that? What was that look What's that look? That look? I'm excited. Because oh, you yeah, like, get outside of your comfort zone. You're like – yeah, I, I had a look of like, y'all, do it. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, how dare you get outside your comfort zone? Oh, was that? Was that yeah, I, I thought you were like, game? no, you have to have comfort as your number one priority. Only be comfortable in this game. I mean, all right, that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it'll it'll kind of lay down the groundwork to for some really interesting stuff and for me to challenge myself as a player mm-hmm. because uh, I don't get to play as a player very often. I'm, I, I plan on maximizing the value I get out of this one. <laughs> the forever GM. <laughs> The forever GM. Yeah. Uh, well, considering that uh, Daniel is a pro GM, uh, this is, uh, I, I think, a real nice treat. I think it's just going to be fun for us. Yeah. I think it's, I love world building. I just like staying up late mm-hmm. and just reading my history books. Oh, my gosh. Being... That's so adorable. <laughs> just like lying in bed and like looking at them with a flashlight. Yeah, the blanket stop, over your stop. head, the flashlight. <laughs> well, like, so like Sarah was asleep last night and I was just like... Oh my god! I'm just gonna keep adding all these little things. <laughs> yeah, I saw at the time the timestamps on all my edits. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, mm, okay. And then I was I was drawing a map of our world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so um, you can't see a map of the world yet. So in the overview section of um, world and culture, uh, I put a map of our world, the Emerald Realms. The reason why I called it the Emerald Realms was because there's going to be multiple cultures. I realized mm-hmm. that between mm-hmm. all four of us, we all come from different Asian backgrounds. <gasps> there are what? different Asians? What? No, it's just one kind of Asian. No, Agatha was imitating Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, go on. The uh, Omnasian? Om- Omnasian. 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 That's the one Asian. That'll make you money. I like that. <laughs> That'll make you... We'll put that on a shirt. Omnasian. And then just like, dash Amar. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Amar quotes on shirts. Amar 2019. Amar 2019. Uh, Amar 2020. Or Jangir 2020. Jangir. Uh, Jangir, rest in peace. Oh. Wait, he's uh, not what? dead. He's not dead? Rude. Oh, sorry. I meant to say... No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I meant to, to tell you that I killed off his character. I killed yo, off like, character. Like, I'm keeping up, and I'm like, yo, did something happen? Like, the last recording, I have to wait now? Uh, no, no, Jung, Jung, they all died. New Shambhala just imploded. I mean... 
<laughs> it was all a dream. That's what happened. Uh, it was just an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh. Meta Asian there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, can we never say no, his name again? it's never going to happen. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the Emerald Realms. So the Emerald Realms is the world, and Xia is the nation that our game takes place in. Yes. Um, so our world is actually based on a couple of different things. I've based Xia, the sort of East Asian, the Chinese world that we're going to start in, on the mythical Xia dynasty. If you're a Chinese archaeologist, you might dispute this. Um, I'll fight you. <laughs> um, the Xia dynasty, the mythical Xia dynasty, and the very real Han dynasty, so the golden age of Chinese history. Um, so Xia is, is a kingdom. Uh, and it's kind of, it sits on, and the map that I actually drew is super meta because the landmass is actually um, China during the Paleogene. Um, sorry, what's the Paleogene? The Paleogene is the For beginning those of, us of that don't have a PhD. I'm sorry. The, <laughs> I dropped out of school. Uh, you dropped out of your PhD. <laughs> yeah, I dropped out of PhD. Damn, you want to push up your glasses a little? And <laughs> 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 just your pocket calculator? <laughs> well. <laughs> you don't need a pocket calculator. We're not playing 3.5. Oh. oh. Wow. Oh. Oh. I'm, into I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm going to make an arcane archer and I'm going to mix it with Order of the Bow Initiate. <laughs> don't know what that means. Basically, there were so many books in 3.5 that it kind of got out of control and there was no balance. Mm, okay, yeah. There okay. was just so much content um, that you could just make these godlike characters at level one. Mm, I see. Um, but anyway, you were talking But about... anyways, uh, the Paleogene is a part of the Cenozoic era, the age of mammals that followed the Mesozoic, the age of reptiles. So mm-hmm. when the dinosaurs went extinct, mm-hmm. um, the world started changing and the land masses started moving. Right. And so the land mass that you see here for the Emerald Realm, sort of that central piece, yep. um, is actually Asia at the time. Oh, very cool. It's part of China at the time. Right. And uh, there's also part of India right there, you can see. Ah, thank Um, you. So I kind of based on that. super like, I tried to make it. so sick. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there there are parts of it that are based on real things. Like the uh, town of Jingde uh, is actually based on Jingdezhen, which is a very famous city in China known for making blue and white porcelain. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, The, uh, there's like a mountain range. There's the Shimmering Badlands, which is this like the Gobi Desert or the Taklamakan Desert. And then there's the Confederacy of the Blade. And the Confederacy of the Blade is this band of um, sort of like united warlords who are attacking Shah. And Shah's northern borders are constantly compromised by them. But I didn't want to make them like the Mongols. I wanted to make them a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I wanted to make them like sword dancers. I what does to... that mean? Oh, sorry. That's okay. And Amara's typing on... He's Lenovo to us. Um, <laughs> I like that too. Uh, he said this with such disdain because this is no. not a Surface device. No, I love Lenovo. <laughs> I love Lenovo. T- the ThinkPad is like a legendary line of laptops. Oh, yes. oh my god! Right? No, the um, uh, I wanted to make them like very artistic because one of the things that you think about in like in Chinese history when you read Chinese history books mm-hmm. or like period accounts of the, the Mongols and the, the northern barbarians mm-hmm. is that they're like these brutish people. Yeah. And I think most people who would make a I'm not I'm not like calling anyone out, but most people who would make an East Asian sort of themed game would be like, oh in the north, they're orcs. Yeah. Right? No, I want to I want to take that away. I don't want to use that. I want to make them like sword masters, but masters of the Jian. Oh, 
Oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, but it, we we can we can adjust it to we whatever can, we want. Yeah, but I want to make them very different from the Mongols. I don't want them to be Mongols. Basically, oh, you don't want them to be no. Mongols. So they're not going to be like super good at horse, horse, horseback riding. They can, like, because they're a confederacy of the blade. Basically, the only thing that ties them together is mastery of the sword. And there are many different kinds of swords in East Asia. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we can talk more about this because like in a way we can also talk like because there's also I, I really like what you're saying about how we don't want to go with stereotypical representation quote unquote but also like is is taking that out of this context good or bad yeah because then if we're just taking like we don't want them to be Mongols but well I guess you're saying because it's a confederation then one of them could be we could we could make them like Mongols but the one thing that I want to steer away from is the stereotype that they were all brutish barbarians. Yes, yes. That Chinese stereotype, the yes. historical Chinese stereotype. Yes. Because when the Mongols invaded, they brought with them amazing artistic traditions. Yeah. And so my goal with the Confederacy of the Blade is to make them artists with the blade, mm-hmm. but also artists in life. Right. I, cool. I, yeah, I, I think that it would be good to still have it because to, yeah. to say that we don't want to base these people off of Mongols would be like erasing them. That would be an erasure that we don't want. But I want to make it a more objective history. Yeah, that's very cool. That's more of what I meant. I'm into that. Yeah. Cool. Um, Then there's like the Shimmering Badlands and I kind of want to dive into the ancient history of the Gobi Desert and the Taklamakan and all the sort of the the civilizations and the the state level societies that actually lived in these oases in the desert. Um, So I want to basically this map will expand. As we travel around Asia, draw on our own backgrounds, right? And, you know, form our characters. Sweet. But at the start, we're going to start in, you know, in Shah, the Imperial Dynasty of Shah. In summer. We're going to start in Shah, and we're going to have, you know, this, you know, a a plot hook that will draw us all throughout the world. We're going to go all over the Emerald Realms, um, and our, like, our year-long campaign or more will take us all over. And heck, if we want to, like, if we decide to go into what is fantasy South Asia, Amar, you could GM if you wanted. That'd be awesome. And we'll, like, trade off. Yeah. Or, like, if we go to, like, you know, like, fantasy Vietnam. Steve, <gasps> you GM. All right? And then Agatha, if we want to... If we want to... <laughs> go to Taiwan. Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that That's out. That's a complicated That's a complicated history. one. But we can kind of work that into this. Right, if we wanted to, or if we just wanted to do a whole episode where it's just all wuxia, <laughs> and we're we're playing a Hearts of Wulin, but with our D and D characters. I, say, yeah. I mean, that still works. We like yeah, we could probably. do that. Like, I think that'd be super fun setting it in this world. Yeah. Like, we like, oh man, we're all D and D'd out, but let's continue the story, but in Hearts of Wulin. Yeah, when our characters <laughs> have downtime and they're like around a table with some dice. They just play Hearts of Wulin, like, in-game. And oh they make God. their own characters. That's so <laughs> mad. That's too much. Well, what would have been the game of... Like, what are the games of chance? Uh, or, like, the ways to pass time? I was thinking about, like, Go. Go? Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, go. We can look those up, too. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things, like, how can, like, what are what are the games of chance that they played? Um, what are, like, you know, sort of rituals? Yeah. Well, what are aspects of culture there? What are some appropriate terms? Um I want us to like to think about that, and I'm slowly been working on that. Um, like the emperor is very much like the Chinese emperor at the time; it's the mandate of heaven, mm-hmm. but I called it the will of the sky. So that's the sort of political and religious doctrine of Shah specifically, and the emperor is known as the child of the sky, right? almost yeah, like cool. they are descendants of heaven. And 
all of the emperors of Sha have a divine power, and their divine power is to manipulate water. Um, because the very first Sha emperor in Chinese mythology was able to divert rivers, said to be able to move rivers. Right. Very right. cool. And so a part of our ancient history is that the Shimmering Badlands, which is this desert region that was once occupied by this great civilization, was ravaged by one of the Sha emperors. Um, so I want to kind of bring out this history. And I want us to all be aware of this shared history so that our characters can feel more real and our world feels like something that I'm not leading you through that we're all going through together. Oh, I'm so excited. So these sections, as you know, as your characters find more information or as things become more relevant, I will add more to. So there's actually a password protected section that is very long um, that I'm going to actually draw from and insert more information as we go. Very cool. So in, you know, world and culture, I've put like factions, military, material culture for our weapons. Uh, so we'll make some modifications to our character sheets for weapons. Like, for instance, like, you know, what would be the greatsword? Because in D&D, &D, like, the greatsword is, like, a claymore or a zweihander. Yep. But in Chinese culture, it would be, like, the horse-chopping saber. Nice. Like, there's, do you know the Dao, Agatha? Yeah. There is, there's a variant of the Dao that's, that's said to be able to decapitate horses. Ooh. Right, like, the great Dao. What would that be? How, oh, right. Oh, so that's why I'm trying to mm. trying to think. So you know, oh, it's a great sword, so it does two d six damage. But since it's like the super extra weapon, I made it have the ability versatile, which lets you you know do two d eight damage. Yeah, super depending versatile. Because I was kind of thinking of guts from Berserk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gatsu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but also things like like all the different pole arms, because in China, like the spear was a really important weapon. That's true. Right? There's the there's the staff, there's the dagger axe, there's just the regular spear, there's the halberd. Right? The halberd mm -hmm. is like the long... Well, like... they're, they're all pole arms, but the halberd it has like multiple weapons at the end. Oh. Yeah. Right? Some of them have these like crescent-shaped blades with a spear. Yeah, okay. Um, there's also a specific one called the dagger axe, and it's like a long yes. like pole arm, but with a, a dagger coming off the end where you like literally like yeah. chop it into people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's like an actual cavalry weapon. It's a lance mm -hmm. called a P. And then there's like the Sha, which is an actual trident. There's a Chinese trident. And we're going to, I'm going to arrange so that we can actually see one in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a, did I show you the picture? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you yeah. Did. So then there are like ranged weapons. Like obviously the crossbow and the composite bow are really big in China, but also the repeating crossbow which is not in 5th edition, but was in 3rd edition and 3.5 in Pathfinder, the repeating crossbow was really important in Chinese history, not only in like the Han Dynasty, but also during the Boxer Rebellion. Oh, wow. Right? Um, so the, the, the repeating crossbow was like a weapon that was very easy to make. It didn't have a great range, but was used by civilians. Um, so I want to introduce these pieces of history. Oh, that's very cool. Into our world. Um, but I want, to, I want to do all of this together. Mm. Right? Because uh, I'm definitely not fully an expert on all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but together, all, all of our minds like smash together to make the ultimate, ultimate GM. The <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> the, the ultimate story. Like Voltron. Like, yeah, or like Voltron. I was going to say we can all get earrings and just like fusion dance together. Awesome. There's, only, there's only two people. I mean, only yeah, two but, people. but you know, we can change this. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, Wait, we'll recreate it. I've heard, or I thought I remember reading that in later, very recent Dragon Ball Z, they've actually had two fusions fuse. Yes, you can do that, but it's still right. like two participants. Right. So oh like God. we could fuse, then you two could fuse, and then we fuse. Yep, exactly. Oh, the I, ultra I'm sorry, Agatha. Did you not know that we're giant nerds? I've never watched 
an episode of Dragon Ball before. Yeah, Dragon Ball would be such an like an epic RPG. It really would. It Is really it from not. what I hear? Roll to power up. <laughs> now, <laughs> roll one hundred more times. <laughs> yeah. Three sessions later, you are now powered up. <laughs> you now are allowed to participate in the story. <laughs> roll two d six to throw the spirit bomb. Snake eyes. <laughs> um, but then I've also put um, some factions in this as well. Um, the, the Chinese military, um, during many periods of time, had different roles. They had some really cool names during like the Qing Dynasty. Like They had the Green Standard Army and the Eight Banners. Um, so I've put in like placeholder names like the Sovereign Banners and the Emerald Standard uh, as you know, to represent the emperor on different terms, like having a, a hereditary imperial force and having a military police force. Um, then I want to kind of go over belief. What, what do the people believe in and what are some, what are some things we want to incorporate here? Yeah. Is it the time when people still did like the, the, uh, what is it? Like fortune telling with the bones? Yeah. Definitely. Well, like Oracle bones. Yeah. yeah those so, are so cool. So is that the one where you throw the bones on fire and then the way they Well, crack, you would actually or... read the cracks and they would actually write on them in the Shang Dynasty, like the earliest decipherable writing that we have in China. So I did part of my undergrad on this too. Mm-hmm. Um, they would actually like write pictographic like characters and mm. oracle bones and they would read the cracks on the we can go see them they're actually on display at the rum yeah i've i've, I've looked yeah. at them before they're very cool like mm. on tortoise like pauldrons and on like uh cow or deer scapula so cool. i wonder if people still do that or if and if that is like in this world like is it still a thing that a lot of people believe in or or have people like moved on to other things as well so that brings in the question of is science really big? Science. What do we What do we want? But is science and spiritualism really separate at this time? Or are they? That that's yeah. that's another. Well, that's question. a very Western kind of like yeah. influence, you know, out from ra- the time of rationalism. So. So what would we enlightenment. want? Enlightenment. Yeah, the enlightenment. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, the enlightenment. So. Uh, what do we want? Do uh, I? I because that also brings the other question of like, what does magic look like? Yeah. Because. <laughs> The arcane magic of D anD D is very European. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. What does it look like here? Like, is it more divine magic? Is there no arcane magic, or uh, or just do we relabel it? I don't know. When like for just focusing on the science right now, like that yeah. idea, I I don't see it as much different than anything else. Like it's a it's a study. It's a something it's a, you just like pursue. Um, become an expert in, but it's just something you do, just like you become an expert in cooking or like uh, smithing and things like that. So science is just like an endeavor you can do, but that's how I just kind of see it. Yeah, and science is is science like an antithesis to magic in this world, or would, is it simply like, are, or are they actually interwoven? Well, I would say you're you're saying no. I'm I, I'm saying they're they're. Uh, actually, I'm saying they, they are kind of interwoven. It's like a you could do this, you could do this. Maybe you call it magic, but, you know, that's just a label at the end right. of the day. Yeah, and I, I kind of, yeah, I'm thinking right now, uh, Daniel, about what you were saying about, like, the arcane magic being a very, as, like, it's separate studies being also kind of, like, Eurocentric um, or Western way of thinking about it. I do think that maybe if, since none of us are going to be magic users, spoiler alert, um, spoiler alert. Uh, we could then say that it's just divine magic. Yeah, okay. So magic is divine. Yeah, which means that it's usually, it happens more in like rituals or like um, 
Yeah, so it's not so much like, oh, magic is this resource that mm-hmm. I can manipulate for my own will, but more like it's something that I can commune with and is perhaps oftentimes outside of the individual. Does Do you think sense? it's like far more powerful then? Yeah. Like, yeah. I would say so. Well, I mean, this is just my yeah, conception yeah. of it, and it's very fickle. Um, right. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm loving that. And it's like outside my comfort zone because. Uh, <gasps> comfort zone? I know, right? Um, but no, no, like like the D traditional way of doing it like you have divine magic and it's very specifically like you must have this religious connection arcane magic must come from like uh blood or study which is weird but yeah or study yeah i, I like the way i usually said it it was like wizards are magical nerds sorcerers are talented in magic and warlocks are cheaters because <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't want to do hard work where they didn't have natural talent that's funny yeah okay so Magic is divine, involves ritual, and is always outside of the individual. It's fickle. So maybe we can incorporate um, mechanics, our own homebrew mechanics for failure for magic mm-hmm. in this game. Well, sorry, in the general world, how common is magic? Which is to say, what we do we the, want to say? Uh, what do you I'm think? saying, well, if we're all like low magic or no magic characters, I think it might be interesting to play in a world where their magic is a very rare and very special thing. And I think that'll help elevate the emperor. Or, or so people think. Or so people think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's folk magics. There's fortune telling and there's sort of those kind of things. But nobody's firing, like, you know, second uh, person over isn't doing fireballs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So folk magic exists, um, but sort of high-level magic uh, is something that is reserved for the court. Yeah. Or is reserved for the privilege. Yeah, so like someone like in a, like a, in a farming village might know by a little bit of practice how to like make sparks and stuff fly out of their fingers or something mm-hmm. like that. Like interesting, fun, potentially useful things. But yeah. to actually conjure, oh like a yeah, fi- like a fireball mm. that takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, and a little bit of mentorship. So to like get cantrips. There. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a little bit different from uh, from what we were saying. So we want people to still be able to almost do tricks, I guess. Like press the digitation. I don't know. Is it like were you thinking like low low magic like that's like 0.1% of the population could do like a cantrip just naturally yeah something like that or like yeah. the village elders able to like create a bonfire yeah like yeah. that sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. maybe there's some people who can do little sparks and maybe if you get that near enough to tinder you don't need whatever matches or whatever sure yeah yeah and, flint- and it would be interesting if those or the I think it would be really interesting if the initial uh, or what is widely accepted as the norm is that only people who are associated in some way with like, you know, like folk magic. So fortune telling or if they're priests in some way, maybe there's another term that we can come up with for that. Mm-hmm. They like, can do yeah. it. I, I, I like diviners. Diviners. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like diviners can do it or, you know, the, the royal line, obviously, because emperor can do it. Yeah. Um. And then, like, so anytime that exists in, in an individual, like, it could be, like, seen as something that is maybe disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So do you think that mm-hmm. if, you were, if you were somebody in a village and you were suddenly able to manifest magic, do you think that the, the, the court would come and take you away? I, I wonder if... Your your family would set would like give you to the court. Give you the court. Yeah, yeah. because 
because that's how it should be. I don't know. I, I'm thinking of a very like class stratified sort yeah. of. Okay, so we're world. gonna so highly 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 hierarchical society where people accept that. But I'm also I realize I'm pushing a lot of ideas. So I'm I'm really liking that, and I think that idea makes for interesting stories where you might not want to give away your child to the court, right? You might love them too much, or not to say that other people didn't love them, but you might hide them away. It's like, never yeah. use this, never show that, because if you do, they will take you. Right. Mm. Yeah, and then it's like, but I do think it's really interesting if a lot of families do want to, yeah. because they want to serve their country, yeah. which is, again, a very collectivist uh, attitude versus a very, you know, yeah, individual. You could see it as like being an honor, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're so blessed to have a child like this, that, this talented naturally. Yeah. I, I cannot wait for them to finally have their day to go and present themselves to like royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm really kind of reading that as an analog to the to the mom looks uh, that you got. Yes. Um, where, yeah, like the, the people who seem to have these special abilities get uh, pulled up into the military and ruling orders mm-hmm. uh, and become basically servants of the state in that way. Oh, yeah. the I'm Mamluk, not aware. Uh, yeah. That's in that's in South Asia. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and and parts of Central and West Asia, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Egypt had a lot of that. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah and we and can draw on other parts of the world too because we would have had the Silk Road as well. Yep. Uh, it was also very common in the uh, Ottoman Empire where, mm-hmm. in fact, the Mamluks at some point overthrew the ruler or turned him into a puppet ruler and, in fact, they ran everything. But anyway, that's... Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the yeah. cool part where we get to just bring in all of our historical that's knowledge very cool, and yeah. combine it into yeah. this dope-ass setting. Yeah. yeah. Type faster, get all this... No, I'm just going to read list. I'm just going to all of it. I'm just going to listen to everything over and then I'll I'll throw the notes in here. Um so but I'm just writing like key points. Mm-hmm. Uh but but let's continue this conversation but get into character creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's get into character creation. Um so we'll we'll head into uh, D&D Beyond. We created our campaign. Uh it is going to be called The Stone of Heaven. Um because that that is what people believed Jade to be at the time. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so would you like to know kind of our, our initial objective, our, our plot hook to, to help with character creation, or do, you, or do you want to just kind of be thrown into it? I'm, I'm kind of into it, because I think we talked about this. I have a bunch of character ideas that could fit, but maybe this is the one that kind of pushes the needle towards one of these ideas. Mm, that's okay. fair. If you can get the, guess the passage to the GM notes, I'll just give you the GM reins now. <laughs> oh, Challenge accepted. Were we recording? Do we're, we have record, the, we're recording right now. We have evidence of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. good. It's, it's in. It's in it now. Good. It's back in the bathroom. And uh, so I wanted to ask: Do we want the the plot hook to start character creation? Yes, please. On yes. thumbs up. Yes. Okay. So go into the GM notes premise, and I'm going to hide me typing in the password from Steve, who's now one of our episode jokes going to be. No, I'm going to CSI this. I'm going to like use the dust and like figure out where your fingerprints are most commonly like put on. Figure out the combinations. Yeah, try that I just do this. Oh, <laughs> he, he that just was a visual licking his screen. Yep, oh. it was that was a thing. Oh, uh, yar, that's gonna replace the whale in my nightmares. Oh, I was supposed to say, are you trying to be a pirate? That was good. I like that. There you go. Yeah, I think that should be a consistent. That's your accent. character voice. My character is a pirate. Yeah, yeah. a pirate. Oh, pirates in this campaign setting. Yeah, yeah, because all the different like Asian pirates in yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of Asian. Yeah, a lot. Of, we loved we 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 loved piracy. We loved maybe we Rami. still do love piracy. <gasps> Whoa! Whoa! Huawei. Wow. Sorry, 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Topical. Wow. Uh, very topical. Uh, my friend has a, a Huawei phone, and she was like, "I don't want this anymore." Isn't it Huawei? It. Huawei. 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 Isn't it H? It's H U A. Huawei. Yeah, Huawei. 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 Yeah. Anyway. But anyways, this is this so is our, our our campaign. Languages are fun. The um you the sovereign, the current emperor of Xia has tasked you um in assisting the Emerald Standard in the evacuation of Jingda, which is a a, a town renowned for its long tradition of producing ceramics with these enchanted moving brush paintings on them. Ooh. So these animated ceramics. Um but something has happened in Jingda. A an object has fallen from the sky. A massive, perfectly symmetrical, smoothed piece of jade has fallen from the sky at the center of Jingda. And upon impact, it has slowly began to turn the ground and anything it touches into glass. Now, the emperor is worried because he believes that this will show the citizens of Sha that he has lost the will of the sky, the mandate of heaven. And with the Confederacy of the Blade attacking to the north, and now this, there will be chaos in Sha if this mystery is unsolved. And that's our plot hook. Oh, <laughs> cool. Oh, man. Super cool. Dope. Um, but yeah, uh, we are going to... Uh, let's start making characters. Yeah, yes. but Sennel is dead, though, because his intestines snapped okay, well, when this, he tried on the herb. Well, this could be before. Yeah, or he could just... Or he could be undead. Or he could just live through it. He I mean, could, he could, he could be a, a, a hopping vampire. <laughs> oh my gosh. He could have been elevated. Also with to... monsters, I also want to make everything Asian. Like I want to yep. have Kieran. I want to have Mogwai yeah. demons. The, the Kieran is not a monster. Well, no. They're a fantastical creature. Beasts. Oh, oh right, right. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> You're just like... Yeah. So let's let's start with character creation. Let's, let's, go, let's go to our, our D&D Beyond. All right. So um, I would like all of you to... Uh, Let's start. Let's start making our characters. So, Walid, hero with no name, and DM Steve's character. Nice. Yeah. What? No, I like. I like. I'm. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's Amar. So I can actually see oh, who, who's what. Yeah, I deleted mine because, but I don't know what my. What the name you can change it. So if you go to, so I, I have the ability to look at all of your characters. Um, so. Character creation is really cool because when you open it up, you can just create a character name right off the bat. Yeah, I just don't know what their name is going to be. Also, oh wait, what is what are y'all's gender is going to be? Yeah. So yeah, this is so I I want to like collaborate a lit a little bit because now that we've had the plot hook, I'm I'm kind of feeling this royal guard lineage. Like this is the next person who is just has like generation after generation of generation of just serving the emperor as guards. Cool. Um, and just like they have a, they have a lot of pressure, like familial pressure, just to like do their job. That's all they do. You have to do it. Um, so then I was thinking, okay, so am I going to use boy, girl, anything else like that? So my question is, in this particular world, um, are guards primarily men? Are they primarily women? Is there a mix? I think anybody capable. Anyone capable. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyone capable. That's the most fantasy aspect about this. It's a meritocracy. Yes. Yes, it is a meritocracy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fantastical. The gender politics. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think you, whatever you want. Cool. So then I'm just going to like basically leave it up to the end. Whatever it like feels right after I make the rest of the character, I'm just going to go with. Sweet. So, you, so you're going to go with the Royal Guard. So you're, you're a member of the, uh, you're a professional soldier, hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be a member of the Sovereign Manners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Sweet. 
Do you so, want to do you want to be my boss? Oh, you might be leading. You might Ooh, be you might be actually the leader. one who's leading this expedition. Oh, and I might be I'm I'm going to say this right now, maybe like reluctant to do it. Like that's a lot of pressure. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Oh, that that I need the Asian childhood vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm just pressure, I'm that. family, tradition. Yeah. I was like, Ooh. yeah, true. Yep. Okay, so you're gonna go for like sort of like an imperial guard esque character. I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Cool, Agatha. Uh, I guess then I will still be a sh- shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I get those classes, shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I talked about it so much that it has to be a thing. I, I spoke a big game about playing as a I shrimp. I honestly did. Could not stop shooting off my mouth. So I think... Um, the, the, none of that was recorded, so you're not beholden to it. No, it was all recorded. It's actually it was, in the latest mask. Was, oh, yeah. that's right. I was like, I'm going to play a shrimp. Yeah. 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 And that's all I know. I'm yeah. just going to play shrimp. If you don't play like, shrimp, I'm leaving. Oh, I'm just going to walk out the door. Oh, snap. <laughs> no, don't leave, boss. Um, just abandon. You just become a bandit right at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might envision... My, my vision for this character that is a very like roguey character almost uh mm. but obviously i'm still gonna play whatever version of this uh paladin um because i got a i got some kind of mandate going on but i'm also a shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. which what kind of like are you just a giant shrimp are you a giant like uh shrimp humanoid hybrid do you have are like you a centaur exo- or do you have like an exoskeleton of some sort i guess yeah. i should have an exoskeleton and maybe my my head is of a shrimp. Are you like? Do you know like a mantis shrimp? Have you ever seen a mantis shrimp? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you like it's a mantis shrimp? I don't know what that is. Yo, but the maybe? most beautiful shrimp. They're but yeah. also super dangerous. Yes, yeah. they like they can like punch glass and. Break oh glass. yeah, you showed me the the video, the video right? Okay, yeah. yeah. And they also sure. just like really bright colorations and colors that we humans like, can't see, can't even comprehend. Yeah. their eyes yeah. are also like crazy. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that. You got a ton of shrimp research to do. I know, right? I, <laughs> well, well, I feel like you're... I really committed to something that I was not prepared for. <laughs> you backed yourself into a corner. I did. Yeah. So, well, so if you're before. if you're not um, if you're gonna do that, and you're gonna have like an exo exoskeleton mm-hmm. and like maybe the ability to like punch and like a mantis shrimp because they eat those in China. I ate those when I was in China. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. We could we could reskin the turtle. Mm-hmm. Turtle mm-hmm. like, like human like a ninja turtle. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like a giant, like a giant turtle, because they have like claws. Mm-hmm. They have the exoskeleton. They're amphibious, they're like they're aquatic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we could, we could reskin that. Yeah. So you get strength and you get wisdom. Reshell that. Re- oh. Strength. Oh. Oh. oh, well done. Wait, I guess strength and wisdom. But <laughs> that I don't is want, the moment when you really wisdom. join. I want, well, want charisma. Yeah. No, but but those are the two you get a bonus in. You can still have really high charisma. Oh, I see. Yeah. Cover that. Cut. Respect. Yeah. Respect. True. 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 Cool. 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 <laughs> You just make fun of the things that I say. No, no, not. So you're gonna you're gonna be your shrimp, but what what's your you're gonna go for like paladin? Yeah, so, I say that with air quotes, but yeah, like, what are we? Yeah, gonna... so basically, uh, I when we talked about this before, it was like, um, uh, so I I come from the waters, uh, literally, because, uh, so this will have to actually I want to get like a clearance with y'all as well because mm-hmm. like this would imply that people have like. A, a clear understanding or at least not, maybe not a clear understanding but they accept that there's like interactions with like mythical races oh, dope. so like I, I i literally was thinking that i used to be a part of the um 
the, the water courts, maybe like the, sure. the Eastern Sea or something. Well, the, well, there is a river that I drew that goes by the capital of true, China. True, true, true. Yeah. Maybe like I, I used to be a part of that, um, but I was real shady and then I got kicked out. <laughs> they, found, they found you in the river and you're just like, yo, I'm a shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> yo, help me though. <laughs> yo, help me though. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, and so then I'm like trying to murk my way into this whatever. Oh, they seem to be, they seem to have a stable kind of job prospect i'll I'll go there so maybe like this is where i throw out maybe we have a bond maybe you're in your in your time of like need maybe being part of the royal guard uh my character who's unnamed and ungendered right now um found you gave you aid and what have you and you feel like yeah this is a place i could just spend the rest of my life or is that or are you shadier than that uh i think yeah, I don't think I would be like, I want to spend the rest of my life here, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely like, this is nice. Okay. Okay. Like, I can I can kind of like, because I think being a part of, what is this one called again? The banner. The, the sovereign banner. The sovereign banners has mm-hmm. a lot of adva- advantages. Like you're, you're like a very opportunistic shrimp. Yeah, mm. I am. Like, I can go to a noodle stall and be like, I'm a part of this, yo. Like, yo, give me free noodles. Give me free noodles. This is nice. the worst. <laughs> you're, so you're just corrupt. You're just hella corrupt. I mean, this isn't corrupt. This is what everyone does. Yeah. No, they're happy to give her free noodles, right? Because yeah. they're part of those sovereign banners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So then if we're going to do a paladin, because you want to have those paladin abilities. Yeah, yeah. What would we call you then instead of a paladin? Like, it's going to say it on D&D Beyond, but we'll change our character. Soldier of Heaven. Oh, yeah. or a sky soldier or something. A sky soldier. Yeah, are you literally, s- literally like Tim being in yeah. in Mandarin. Yeah, I'm a, oh, I like that a lot. I, I like that a sky lot. Sky soldier. That's what's up. I can't uh, fly, but I'm a sky soldier. <laughs> a, 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 a sky soldier. You, you maybe you fell from the sky, um, and you fell into yeah, the c- ocean. No, because I got I got kicked, you got kicked out, out of the waters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kicked. You got kicked out of heaven. You fell into the water, and then you got kicked out of the water. Yeah, so just, this is my last chance. This is my last chance. They turned you into a shrimp. Oh yeah, that was my punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Sky soldier kicked out of heaven, then kicked out of the ocean. Guys, I wanted a serious game. <laughs> <laughs> shrimp form is a divine punishment yeah i, I love this yeah. it's cool we'll play straight yeah you'll play straight. Just, i just want to return to normal i just want to go back to heaven i, I feel like there's going to be a point in the campaign where you're like i'm gonna kill the emperor i'm gonna take his place oh, oh, oh. Uh, and, then, and then why would i say that away and then steve's gonna be like how dare you that's my emperor yeah and then we're gonna get into a hearts of wulin situation where oh, we have goodness. to fight each other our characters in game make hearts of women characters. We're like, okay, we'll settle this. Right no, now. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be like that scene in Hero when Donnie Yen <gasps> fights Jet Li, and it's going to yeah. be raining. It is going to be raining, and then every scene. single kick in the ground will have like water, water. splashes, and then you're going to cut cut drops of the oh. raindrops. Yeah. yeah, with your blades. And I also have thought about what weapon I want after Daniel. You it's went into that long. It's yeah. good. It's going to be uh, like what uh, that. The guy in the Three Kingdoms that's really famous. Guan Yu. Yeah. What? Like Guan Dao. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you have, a, you have basically like a pole arm. Yeah, is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a Guan Dao. I mean, no. Is that a pole arm? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pole arm because it's a it's a pole weapon. It's a weapon that yeah. makes the long stuff. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. I want a giant weapon. Done. Done. That I can lean on for dramatic effect. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm done with that. What about you, Amar? What are you thinking? 
Oh no. Uh, I am thinking <clears throat> thoughts relevant thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm looking. I've got a character name. <gasps> character name is uh, Walid. That's spelled W uh, apostrophe uh, L E E D because apostrophes is how you know it's fantasy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I I'm, thought it was an extra vowel. Uh, yeah, I think it's a few things. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, I need to add like an apostrophe in between every letter, and that's it's the most fantasy. Okay. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> uh, and I'm leaning pretty heavily towards a fighter. So, so Mike, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm jumping ahead because there's a there's like a you're a doing a beyond thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a process and a and a whole um, wizard to follow through. Not that kind of wizard uh, for the <laughs> character builder, um, which is. Pretty simple and easy, but anyway, I'm jumping ahead a bit. Uh, so my character's backstory is that he uh, was a he was like 11 years old, playing around. He he was the son of a kind of a middle class family in a in a port town, uh, towards you know whatever South Asia is. In what do we world. want to call it? Mouth Asia. Mouth Asia. <laughs> Mouth Asia. Nailed B-A-E it. B-A-E for Bay. <laughs> the land of Bay. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, we'll out. figure that one out because yeah, uh, yeah. I want to collaborate on that one. Um, so, yeah, uh, but then some pirates pulled up to the port town, started attacking it, and, uh, you know, he was a fundamentally good kid, but he was playing around the docks where he was, shouldn't have been anyway. He snuck onto one of the pirate ships to try to get away from all the fighting and stuff at the age of like 11 and he finds himself stuck on this ship as a stowaway hides until the ship returns to port and he suddenly finds himself in the lands of Shia uh, so Shia excuse me That's okay. I'm going to need that corrected a few times Shia yeah it trips people up a lot Shia. the letter x so that's yeah. fair Shia Shia closer Shia Shia we say this do this for about 5 more minutes uh, this is we're doing our Duolingo exercises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he kind of grew up, um, and uh, uh, astute listeners might recognize this as the plot for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, you're you're, you're Star Lord. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you also witty and charming like Star Lord? Oh God, no. Oh, I have no charm. He's whatsoever. More like Drax. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. cool. A figure like of that. unintentional fun. So then, yeah. how? So you're you're like a mercenary then? Yeah. So uh, you know, I sort of once I got out of the port, I had to start looking around, trying to make my uh, trying to um, figure out how to live and so forth. Grew up on the streets and became a mercenary essentially. And I figured that that might be a good reason why the banners might reach out to me is. Uh, because this sort of because of the emperor's concerns about how this um, stone of heaven may undermine his rule, having an outsider might be a good way to to go on a you know semi secret mission or something like that. Or do you want to be a part of another faction? Because oh apparently there are a lot of factions. Okay, more factions. Yeah, you could you could be like a voluntary. So you can voluntarily enlist enlist in like the military police. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, the emerald standard. Right. Um, but I, I constantly get in trouble because I have absolutely no discipline. Oh, wait. So we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, all right, maybe you're both. Oh, well, I think your, your role in the court is because you're like, you're both outsiders actually in the court. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm a shrimp. So <laughs> I'm a shrimp. I'm a god shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but I feel like that either gets me special status or it makes me ostracized in some way. What or, do you want? Or maybe a bit of both. Do you want people to fear you, but also respect you? 
Do you want them to fear how much they respect you? Thank you. I was about to make the same joke <laughs> from the office. office joke. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I, want them to, to, I want them to fear how much they love me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Michael Scott. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll think about it when I have a when I yeah move past the first page of character. Yeah. So let's go through character creation. So please, please help me. Uh, advancement Name. type. I want us to do milestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit point. Uh, let's do manual. Okay. Uh, use prerequisites for feats and multi-class requirements. Uh, we can, we can or can't. Do we want? I think because we're doing everything very freeform. Yeah. I think we take out prerequisites for feats and multi-class requirements. Okay. Uh, to give us a little bit more freedom within the system that is. So D&D we say. Beyond. So we say no. No. Yeah. Uh, encumbrance. Them. Were we? Um, do we want encumbrance or not? That's like uh, that's like a. So I I would like to have it on the sheet. Just as a reminder, because I like to know roughly for, how much I'm carrying for role playing for role play purposes. I'm mm, sure, like you know, fair. if you're a pound over, not a big deal. But that's like my reminder to like, oh guys, remember, like we're carrying a lot of crap back to town or something. That's like that. actually kind of cool. Yeah. So let's let's use encumbrance. Okay. Uh, do we want to ignore coin weight? Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ignore coin weight. Uh, modifiers top and bottom is just what it's going to look like on your character sheet. Um, Agatha, let's do modifiers top. Okay. Uh, that's just your bonuses. Okay, wait, sorry. Just uh, so for the sources, do I want to also put like for critical role in Playtos? Like, yeah, just do it. Just do everything. Or tank, or tank. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, and then character privacy do public so we can all kind of help each other out on sweet. our character sheets. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Next. Okay, so yeah, hit next. Um, so races, uh, you're, you're going to be a tortle. Okay. Agatha, so we're going to, um, so you're going to just, yeah, search for turtle. Uh, well, uh, Stephen and Mar, what were you going to do? Were you going to do human? So I, I, during this conversation, I've been like deep, deep in thought. Because we never there. talked about race, really. It's not yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it's, it's all sources. Yeah. And if you go turtle. I, I type T O R. Oh, yeah. Weird. <gasps> do, I not, do I not exist? Wait, we should be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. We I did have choose that content. All. Yeah. Sources, yep. Oh, sad. Is that not in here? It should be. Uh, That's weird. I've got a list here looking for something not in the list below. Unlock all official options in the marketplace. I have everything, though. Okay. Oh. Well, but book, maybe book. we need to have it? No, what? because you're in my campaign. What book is Tortle in? I might just have it. Tortle's, it's in its own book. I just, it's, it's in Volos? No, it was in book. a Tortle book. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it should be all there. Basic rules. Oh, it's only using the the races from Basic Rules, Elemental, Evil, Player's Handbook, and Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron. That's why. Okay. Uh, that's strange. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 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 Uh, what if we? Um, I want you to still be a shrimp. I same. We put so I much... told you I'll walk out. Yeah, you'll walk out right now. Oh dear. Yeah, it's imperative. You know what we? You know what we can do? I think this might actually work well for you, Agatha. Okay. Uh, Kalashtar. Ooh. Yeah. Kalashtar. Kalashtar. Yeah, they're they're basically they got like psychic glam. They um they have like they um. They don't connect to dreams. They um, I don't know what that they, means. Basically, when they sleep, you draw from the minds of otherworldly entities. Because and we can role play it like your connection to heaven, which was 
severed as a punishment. Oh, true. Um, but they also get like charisma and wisdom are their main racial traits. So they get bonuses to both. And I know you wanted to have a charisma. And so we could actually, and since the description of Kalastar is that the union of humanity and renegade spirits, you're oh. like a renegade god. Oh, so I'm basically Sun Wukong. Yeah, you're Sun Wukong. But a shrimp. But a shrimp. <laughs> mm. Okay. So we could do Kalashtar. Yeah, I'll just do that so we can keep moving on with this. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, now you're going to choose a class. Now, I know, like, Steve, you're kind of going for the, uh, what are you going to go for? So here's here's what I'm thinking as we kind of talked about this. And I was thinking originally soldier kind of thing. Soldier background fighter. But actually, I'm thinking to make things kind of interesting. Because obviously, all your soldiers wouldn't just be soldiers. You'd have other specialists. Yeah. I'd like my family to be kind of known for assassination. Ooh. So you're, you're an assassin. We're all rogues. You like the, you do the, the, the dark arts. So that's like not something that goes right on the business card. Um, but it's part of something that this character is going to be like building up to that's part of like the family secrets and traditions they're not quite there yet okay but they know that at some point in time the 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 uh the milestone happens the 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 rite of passage happens and they become their assassin oh dang um do you think the emperor knows about this and do you think you're the emperor's your family are the emperor's Hit, hit, hit people I'm, I'm thinking about it they like the family on the surface is like oh yeah they're just part of the royal guard you know they don't wear heavy armor because that's not really what they do yeah but in secret when the emperor might need something to be done quietly and discreetly they might call on this family line and this is why you've been tasked exactly. with this mission mm-hmm. yeah. it's a secret mission it's a Ooh. secret mission dun, dun, dun. and that's why you had to bring outsiders yep bring the shrimp <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the pirate yar and then as far as race goes because you know they're they're supposed to be you're saying the the emperor has um power over water can shape water and things like that i think actually water can are interesting that's a good idea um for all the D D nerds out they're not super optimal rogue build but water can i think is really really interesting also they're 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 pretty they're water people and they're pretty, what? and I like being Why is pretty. That? You you look like you should belong in the water. Course. Do you want? You can be a water ganassi. No, it's fine. I like this, but you, you want your charisma. But like it, it could be possible I that do. my line at some point was part of the water courts and just completely pledged allegiance. Oh, so we're technically family, right? Right? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Super no. <laughs> well, super you, no. You, we're here to do a job. No, because you from the sky court, or do they know that? They don't know that. Okay. Ooh. Oh, you just you just sleep that out. I don't want to know that. You just look like a shrimp. I, I do. Honestly, I really look like a shrimp. <laughs> so when we get the when we get the artist to do it, it'll be like, just make Agatha a shrimp. Okay, just think think of a shrimp. That's me. <laughs> just think of a shrimp. So you the full shrimp body. And uh, what did your, your character sort of gender? Um do shrimps. What, it's up to you. Do shrimps have gender? It's up to you. Do you want them to be a they them pronouns for, for your shrimp? Um I'm also picturing like a shrimp mascot in my head, and I know that's not what you look like. Okay, so I'm thinking uh, the way that the body looks is that it's so it's like shrimp head faux show, faux show, and then maybe like shrimp arms also, like the 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 ones that can punch glass. Um, okay, but then like humanoid the bottom of so kind of like the prawns in District Nine. Ooh, have you seen District Nine? I haven't. Oh, okay, so 
But maybe something like that because I think it would not make sense for me to have spindly legs <laughs> made for swimming. Like this. Oh wait, that's a very small picture. Huh. Um, I'll. Uh, I think this is the, actually I forgot to tell you on Twitter. Somebody said they loved um, one of the things they love about the show and our dynamic, Agatha, mm-hmm. is how I always bring up pop culture references that you don't know. <laughs> you know, this is just my life in general. Yeah. Plus one. I live for those moments mm. where you're like, what's a, what's a dragon ball? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, a little bit of Googling shows that shrimp uh, can actually change their gender and sex. Yeah. So Ooh, that's uh, awesome. yeah, I think maybe gender fluid. Yeah. Gender fluid. Okay. I thought, I'm going to send it to you on Facebook. Okay. Uh, and we'll, you're a shrimp. We don't have a, a name for your race yet. Yeah. Well, you're, you're like, you're literally divine. I am. So I chose my language to the proficiency. Celestial. Celestial. Of course. Don't know what that means, but it seems right. For us, it's good. it'll be the language of the of the Sky Court. Uh, I I just sent you a link on Facebook, Agatha. Okay. Um, the the prawns in District Nine kind of look like alien shrimp humanoids. It's kind of when you said you have a shrimp head, but you kind of have more of a humanoid body. That's the first thing that came to mind. Oh my gosh, that looks so weird. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes, yeah, I like that even, like, the body is still not really human no. looking. It's just, it's just that I'm bipedal. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. How, how about you, Mar, for race? Uh, yeah, I think I decided to go with, uh, with human. Uh, human? Human. Human. Uh, I was thinking about Star Trek. I was having yeah. a here somebody about Star Trek earlier today. Anyway, um, so, yeah, that is my race. Uh, uh it's not here, but I assume my other language would be the language of the land that I come from. Yeah, and we'll add these things. We can we'll write on top of our characters when we mm-hmm. put them out. Mm-hmm. That and then so like as a start for episode one, we'll basically annotate mm-hmm. all annotate. all of our character sheets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then after that, I've chosen a fighter. Fighter. A fighter. With and, a proficiency in athletics and perception. Okay, and Agatha, you're going to go for Paladin, you said? Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, like, are y'all thinking of being persuady or intimidating characters? Because I just have options and I want to know. <laughs> I think neither for okay. for my character. You're going to like stealth, deception? Stealth, deception, yeah. yeah. Isn't that persuasion? Uh, it's similar. Deception is, is, is a different one, yeah. Oh, wow. Persuasion is like make people like you and believe you. Deception is like just make people believe you no matter what. Straight okay. up lie. Straight up lie. <laughs> but that's not what we say. Okay. No, no, no. Not okay, I'll, I'll pick persuasion then. That seems yeah? to make sense mm-hmm. with my character. Yeah, no, Amar, what are you going to uh, What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I've gone with the pretty basic athletics and perception choices. Sweet. And of course we need to do our... our um, we could do point by for our ability scores if we wanted, because we're using D and D Beyond. We might as well make use of what we have to give us a lot more agency over what our stats are. What? What? So okay. when you get to yeah. your ability scores, Agatha, uh-huh. are you at that section yet? Uh, 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 what? I I just clicked Paladin. Oh, okay. Confirm class. Confirm class. At the bottom left of that. Add, add class. Add class. Yes. Okay. <laughs> easy. Ease up. <laughs> dragon balls you collect seven of them you make a wish <laughs> what? what are we just gonna have a dragon ball dragon ball themed campaign i'm gonna make it happen okay perfect. who's krillin then the gm is I krillin guess me. oh uh, i'm yamcha sorry the shrimp the shrimp is our krillin oh yes ha uh, uh, 
That was terrible, kid out. <laughs> yes, sir. That that Steve's our bad pun person. Yeah. No, oh, get ready for shrimp puns. Okay, I have more questions. Yes. Uh, so if I already have persuasion as like a, a like a racial thing. Yep. Should I choose it again as a paladin thing or no? You have a choice with with uh, uh, between other ones. You yeah, just yeah. Don't, just don't pick. Uh, so I shouldn't overlap. Them yeah, it shouldn't to overlap. be like extra good at persuasion. That's not how. No, that it works. won't let you double it up. Oh, it won't. Okay. No, because if you pick it twice, it just means you picked it twice. No, no, no. Right. But like, it gave me the option, because, even though I chose it for my racial. You won't get a plus like four on that. No, you won't get to double up your proficiency on it. You only, uh, you only get to do that for certain classes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, pick a different one. It lets you. It lets you diversify your skills too. I don't know what insight means. Insight. Sorry, I'm. I'm go for it. No, go for it. Okay. Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of talking. I want to. No, t- it's okay. Give Thank you, you some relief. I appreciate insight. That. Is I'm gonna go get gut some water. instinct around people. So if you were to say in the game, I think that person's lying, you might be asked for an insight check to determine kind of what their intention truly is. Okay, cool. Okay. Did you want that? or? So I've actually, so I've made a last minute change. I think I'm going to go insight heavy uh-huh. rather than worry about talking to people. I feel oh, like okay. it, my character's going to focus more on just gathering information mm-hmm. than making mm-hmm. a decision. Yeah, you're spy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, then I won't do insight. I don't know nothing. Which is why I keep getting kicked out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to choose persuasion just to see if that works. Yeah. Can I do it? Can I do it? Class features. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There are so many things. I feel like I'm getting a lot of like anxious energy out of you. Like I feel like, what can I do to... Nah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I just don't understand, but it's fine. We, we will help you. Um... So when we're doing ability scores, uh, are you on that page, Agatha? No. Wait. No. 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 I'm, I'm showing this to. to where Where are we right now? Yeah, I think you can just hit the the next button because it looks like you picked all your skills. I think you're okay. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. You know what I really like about your character, uh, Steve, is that it seems to be he's an assassin, but in the old meaning of the term assassin, like the original order of assassins, the Hashashins. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really digging this idea, and like I'm starting to really feel into it. I've already decided that I like this idea of this woman, this reluctant assassin kind of thing. So I'm gonna be playing Lan Ning. Her first name, name is Ning. Do you, I think you're like you're almost like you're a political agent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what the emperor sees you as, yeah. rather the, than just an assassin. The dark guard. I'm with. Yeah. Oh, maybe there needs to be a, like an order then of assassins. I think this should be a different one. It's they're not. This, but you so, could be in two factions. Yeah, yeah because Ooh. so the the like usually with a lot of at least the later um, royal emperors, like they have like the their normal guards, and then they have like the the dark guards, right? Yeah. That way, so. So there's a background where you get two basically factions you're part of called the Charlatan. I think it's the Charlotte is Charlotte, yeah. So I could actually be un- under one name, a Sovereign Banner member, and another name, someone else. Or you can go cool. criminal and have the uh, criminal contacts. True. And reskin that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm going to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm liking that. I'm on the so, point. Oh, 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 yeah. So we're on ability scores. Point by. So select point by, and you have 27 points, and you can just actually uh, adjust your scores accordingly. Higher is better, obviously. Um your racial modifiers will will be in place. It will it will do that for you, which is why D and D Beyond is pretty cool. Does it happen? Do the racials get put in afterwards? It should be yes. Okay, afterwards. Okay. 
Yeah, so take into account that. So, Agatha, you're going to get a bonus to Charisma and Wisdom. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. I don't know, like, what is really good. So, basically, in, in D&D, uh-huh. 10 gives you a zero score. Okay. Uh, so, 10 is average. Like, the average healthy being in this will have a 10 in everything. Right. Uh, anything under 10 means you're unexceptional. Anything over 10 means you're exceptional. Okay. The higher, the better. You can't go beyond 20. Like, I, I, I love character creation. I think it's fun. But I think what I love more is, like, the world-building part where we're all kind of just like, well, what, well, what do we want? Like, where you're talking about your character and yeah. and how, like, this dynamic comes into play. Like, in terms of backgrounds, like, Amar, are you going to pick, like, soldier? I mean, uh, sailor? Uh, yeah, I was actually, well, so I was trying to figure that out. I was like, how much time have I spent being an actual, like, am I, did I end up with the pirates or did once I hit, uh, Sha, yeah. uh, did I like get onto land and start sort of hanging out with mercenaries more so? Cause there are like rivers all over the yeah, land. Yeah. So piracy would be actually a viable thing for me to continue doing. Totally. So I think, yeah. yeah or just being a bandit. Sailor. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Like a land bandit or a pirate. Yeah. Which is. I want to see if I can incorporate the, uh, the water margin. That that legendary story about the hundred eight demon stars, who come down to, who come down to sorry, I just burped. Who come down to China as bandits? How dare you? Yeah, yeah. like a hundred eight Robin Hoods. Cool. Like fucking shit up. Also, we can totally swear on this, Steve. By the way, <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. We were talking earlier about how we want to, you know, takes a lot of the Western influence and, and kind of change it around. Yeah. And it's always when I have that lens on it, I go through kind of like the the content. It always surprises me. So I, I grab the criminal background, and you get to have a tool proficiency in a gaming set. And even and in the they're games. They're all European games. Yeah, so like dragon chess. I'm like, hmm. So I'm just going to pick dice yeah. as a placeholder, because we're going to talk about that later on, I think. Yeah, we're going to talk about that when, when the scene comes up. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll look up, like, you know what? I'm just going to look that up right now, because we have the magic of the internet. Uh, ancient Chinese board games. Now, are, so, are you going to work in your uh, your your own personal like story? Because you got that like really interesting sort of story you were telling Amar and I. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So, so um, I learned a couple months ago that uh, so for my entire life, I've, I've told myself like I've been told you're Vietnamese, everything like that, and I just believed it. But a few months ago, I learned that my dad uh, wasn't born in Vietnam; he was born in China, and he emigrated to to Vietnam for reasons. Um, and he changed his name from a Chinese name to a Vietnamese name and just kind of didn't tell anyone or talk about it. So he, he just picked up a book of names and he grabbed the one that sounded smartest, mm-hmm. which is my last name, Win, and he just went with it. So Whoa. my entire family, we, like, we are Vietnamese, but truly we're Chinese immigrants. Interesting. And the thing that blows my mind is that I only learned about this like a few months ago. Yeah. I'm just about, like, living in this kind of, not a lie, but like this kind of pseudo truth. Yeah. And it's interesting to know. So now I got to, you know, I sit down with my dad, have like a beer or something and talk about like, so what is my last name technically? Like, what was your last name? And like, what's the history behind that? Because I've yeah. never asked those questions. And it was just like a cool thing to learn and gave me like a great jumping off point to say, hey, like, who are we kind yeah. of thing? So it, it's super cool. What was your dad's original family name? I, I haven't had a chance to ask him. Because oh, when okay. I learned about it, my dad like was asleep on the couch. My mom told me. Oh, and she's like, you should okay. talk to him. But I'm like, he's yeah, he's asleep. <laughs> he's out cold. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. In terms of board games, I think the best one to pick would be Go. Yeah. Just, we'll just put Go. Cool. It's such a complicated game. Yeah. It really is. Super complicated. It's super hard. 
I like I tried playing Go online and I just get just got annihilated. Mm. Oh yeah, it's so hard. I remember the first time I was like, okay, I got the rules. I played a couple games. I'm good into it. And I remember I played online. I'm like, oh, I'm winning. And then something happened. I'm like, oh no, I'm losing. <laughs> yeah. And the next turn, I'm like, oh no, I'm losing badly. And the third turn, I'm like, this is not salvageable. I I, I have to quit. I have to leave. I, I can't show my face here anymore. Oh. Yeah, Go is. There was, have you heard of that manga Hikaru no Go? Yeah! Oh <laughs> I loved that! It was so good. It was so cute. Nice. Those would be good stats. Okay. I like having like a lot of variants in stats. It means I your characters have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I find it really fun to have. Oh, pee break. I need to pee. Pee break. Friends. Okay, hold up. Thanks. Okay, yeah, so we're, we're back from... Oh, we're back from pee break. Yes, yes, um, my opinion. And backgrounds. Backgrounds kind of are another layer to your character's story. Something that gives them abilities, some uh, additional skills, and kind of uh, helps you kind of figure out where you are in the story. So, like, for instance, uh, Steve, which background are you going to go with? So I'm going to go with the criminal with the spy variant background. Nice. Um, like, Agatha, you could go for an acolyte, which is more of a divine one. Okay. Um if you want it, that one gives you the ability to kind of, you get, um, you can go to a church and stay at a church okay. or at a temple in this case. Yeah. You could even do a soldier. Uh, if you wanted to be a professional soldier and have a badge of rank, uh, be a social narrative tool for you to use. Okay. Um, there are like a whole bunch of them. There are a lot, like a lot more than I can list right now. Uh, and it just really depends. It doesn't impact really your character's ability to do things it just gives you more it Amar, doesn't take you, anything away from you Amar, are you gonna choose haunted one <laughs> i don't know what that means either. uh yeah no. so yeah this list isn't showing the prodigy feat which is the one i wanted to get Ooh, uh agatha you can even be far traveler <laughs> is that a, i didn't see that it's a, it's a background yeah it's not on my thing ah uh. mine is just acolyte criminal slash spy folk hero haunted one noble sage and soldier that's all you get? Yeah. Or you could do custom background. Do you have that option? Custom. Yeah, I do have that. Option. Yeah, do a custom one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then again, like a lineman and all that, just pick something. But we're going to do our dramatic polls. And mm-hmm. we're going to write those down on our character sheets. Because I want us to be using our, you know, printed character sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, just at the beginning, I wanted to create characters this way. Because it'll be easier for Agatha to just have, you know, walk through it in a very streamlined way. Instead of us having to crowd this table with player's handbooks. Oh, this has definitely been the easiest character build I've ever done in D anD. d Let's let's squip, uh, squip. Let's skip Squip-y. equipment, and we can finish all of this like individually, like on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I want to do, like while we end this, because we've been we've been recording for an hour and a half now, uh, is kind of do like a like an intro to all of our characters, like to kind of end this. Session zero. When we go into session one, we'll have our printouts and we'll like annotate them mm-hmm. with all the culturally relevant things that we're going to include into this mm-hmm. that aren't on D and D Beyond. Uh, but this is a great way to kind of uh, start building characters because, like, like you said, Amar, this is incredibly streamlined and very painless. Mm-hmm. Um, so let let us know when you're done with your background, Agatha, because there, there's no rush. Okay. Oh man, I'm so excited for this. I'm, I'm, I'm like quivering with... Uh, I'm pumped. Okay, so I should choose the personality traits, yes? Yeah. Of the acolyte? Wow. Well, it's, it's whatever you'd like. Why am I an acolyte? Did I choose that somewhere? 
It's, it would be a background if you chose it anywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there's other things that you could do at, at your leisure. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen through all this audio and take anything world building related and throw it into our, into our notebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, if you want to add anything, just, throw, just add it. Just throw it in. Um, in some of the sections, I put a legend with colors for highlighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do add something, use the color highlight so that we all kind of understand what's what. Like I've, I've highlighted things in like red that are like real life counterparts so that we all can look at those for references. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll, we'll work on weapons independently because I, you know, we, we put these here. Yeah, I'm very curious about what kind of character um, we'll lead. Yep. Yeah, I want to... Because I feel like I, I, I yeah, haven't had a very clear... Because you keep saying, like, very fightery yep. type, and I'm, I'm like, oh, what does that mean? What is a very fightery kind of person? Yeah, because there are so many things that you and you could go. Because you, you can go in all these interesting directions as a fighter in 5th edition. Yes. That uh, we'll have to sort of reconcile. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll work through that. I, I have a sense of how that's going to work mechanically, and of course the narrative aspect will come out a bit more in, in uh, play. But uh, yeah, I am thinking about a, a fighter um, with his main weapons being a long sword and a shield, uh, and also some crossbows because that's always nice to have. So, do you think you'd have weapons from your homeland? So I was thinking about that. Um, my thought was that I was picked up from a very far away raid. That's why I haven't been able to get back. Right. Partly because, you know, I was a kid and I didn't have any money and so nobody was going to go back there, but partly just because nobody really goes that way. So I'm, I'm thinking that it would be tough to find weapons. I probably use local weapons. So you've basically grown up for the most part in this culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe a- along the way, we can you're going to discover more things. Yeah. As we go. Yeah. Cool. Sounds like a character arc. Sounds like a character arc. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Okay, cool. I like the character arc of like, you know, um, you know, like Steve, your character having to like go off to like while everybody's sleeping, you have like a little thing you have to do. Yeah, and they have to do it. Yeah, like you there's have no to do choice. It. Or you maybe maybe you receive word from the emperor. I we do, we can determine how you receive word from the emperor, mm-hmm. saying like, look, this person has to go. And then in the next session, maybe we wake up and be like, oh, this person's dead. Yeah. Ooh. Who knows? I, Who they, knows? They had a really bad heart, you know, and it yeah, was super it just, tragic. They just grew a dagger out of their heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just left them laying around and they fell on one. Fell on a, a dagger point up. Yeah, directly into the heart. Tragic. So, tragic. Oh, no. So I don't need to do anything for the, the equipment. You could always right? do that on your own. I don't know how to do that. Oh, okay. Um, we'll we'll do that for session one then. Okay. I want us to uh, to to move into things because uh, basically for equipment, uh, I'll kind of like they had to do it. Okay. Um, you just go to add items and you just type whatever you want. Right, but I don't know what I should have. So. Yeah, no, that's okay. And we'll we'll sort all of that out. Okay, I'm just gonna wait it. until you walk me through it. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Sweet. Um, I think to end our session zero because this could go on for hours. True, true, true. true. Um, I want us to kind of end with an introduction to our characters. Yeah. Um, Amar, did you want to start? Because we've kind of been starting with Steve. Did you want to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I can. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, Walid uh, grew up in a poor town. Total backstory again, right? 
Yeah, sure. If you want to say like Walid's a, a fighter, this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you were saying like. that we want to use this as a like the bumper, right? Yeah. Well, not the bumper, but like the by itself. So okay, so I'll start. I'll tell the whole story from the beginning. Yeah. So uh, Walid uh, grew up in a middle class town, in a port town, uh, in the nearby land that is the analog of you know the subcontinent or India. Uh, and while he was playing by the docks when he wasn't supposed to be, some pirates from the land of Shia uh, showed up and started attacking. He snuck onto one of their boats, uh, hoping to get away from everybody, and then they pulled away from shore. So he found himself at the age of 11 or 12 uh, in a, a very unfamiliar land and has grown up uh, in Shia and learning and working as essentially a pirate and or a bandit. And uh, for that reason, he is uh, kind of a fighter-y character, um, specifically a fighter character, with a strong preference for uh, melee sort of sword combat, probably. Nice. And and one of the things we said earlier was that you're, you know, you've kind of grown up with the customs of Shah. Yes. Yeah. But there uh, are still some things from his homeland that he will introduce as the campaign Ooh, goes on. Sweet. Yeah. Agatha? Okay, so uh, Dongfeng the shrimp is a, uh, what it says on the tin is a shrimp person, question mark? It's a shrimp. An anthropomorphic shrimp? An anthropomorphic shrimp creature uh, who has been cathode the the sky for for various reasons. This is where they started. uh, And then they ended up in, in the river by the capital of Xia. And then, uh, you know, for undisclosed reasons, I was kicked out of there as well and ended up basically in the streets of the capital, um, which is uh, Chang'an, right? Yeah. Yeah, ended up in the streets of Chang'an and uh, has been trying to uh, find their way into a life of relative stability. What stability means for Dongfeng maybe does not correspond to what it means for other people. Dongfeng is a very kind of like... Yeah, like I'll I'll go with the flow, but I really won't. Uh, and I and I think Dongfeng is the kind of shrimp who will um, try to get away with things, maybe just for the point of it. Uh, so, and are they aware of their divine origin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Dongfeng is a uh, a paladin, or we'll come up with a different term for it but I think about that oh right a tianbing oh yeah uh, a sky, sky soldier. soldier sky soldier I love that. Cool. yeah yeah and um it, but it's kind of disconnected from that origin in a lot of ways uh don't the way that uh don't connects to the religion is that this is the accepted uh, like religious structure of this world so yeah. Or of this society. So it's not like, oh, I serve my specific church. It's like, no, this is, like, obviously, this is what everyone believes. And this is what I'm a part of. And sometimes there are powers that I may be able to draw on. But most of the time I can't because I've been uh, punished for things. Do you think Dongfeng thinks that going on this mission will actually connect you more with heaven? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously. Sweet. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, it's just a supernatural event. Super. So you, you're like drawn to all the supernatural events that happen. Well, it's not like I want to because I was also asked by the next character. <gasps> oh, you did a segue. Why does everyone have to keep pointing out my segue? Yeah, I know. I always do that. 
because I'm nervous and anxious and oh, I apologize. I'm, I'm filling I'm filling airtime while I figure out what I'm going to say. So my character, uh, let's go name name character name. So my character, I'll be playing La Ning. Uh, so the the Law family is a long line of royal guards, uh, all serving within the uh, the military faction known as the Sovereign Banners. Um, but the Law family has a secret, and it's that they are actually the court assassins. Uh, so Ning is still in the uh, the beginnings of her training, and at some point in time, she'll have to transition and go through the rites and and um, the milestones to actually become an assassin. Um, so she's very loyal to the crown, to the emperor, and I think in this particular adventure, um, I'm going to be playing her like very reluctant to do what she's been told, um, and I think she's going to have to try to figure out what it really means to to be part of her family and her legacy while also still understanding kind of what she wants out of life. So, so that kind of like brings me to our, our dramatic pulls. Like what are the dramatic pulls for our characters? And I'll kind of go with you, Steve, because you mm-hmm. kind of touched on that already. What are the dramatic pulls of your character? So I think, I think she really respects family, like what family means and what lineage means and, and traditions and things like that. Uh, and she also has a uh, heavy um, pressure to adhere to what um, not just her elders, but people in power say. Right. So she feels very much like she is a um, she's a cog in the machine, and she has to. She feels like she should just be happy with that. Respect authority, exactly. Respect tradition. <laughs> yes. Obedience. So, so then that's one obedience. Pole. Obedience is one one pole. What's yeah. the other pole? Uh, so maybe so for for polls, I'm not super familiar. Do you like pick two? They could be contrasting. Yeah, you pick two, okay. um, and then this is that internal struggle that your character goes through that drives your role play. Gotcha. So I guess obedience would be one poll, mm-hmm. um, and then the other poll would be kind of um, um, freedom. Okay, because you said you said that Ning is you know reluctant to actually undertake this task. Mm-hmm. And is that reluctance because she wants to be free or that, and you also mentioned the pressure of that, you know, coming from that obedience. So then your, your polls are then obedience and, you know, the, the urge for freedom. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't want to be in the court. You maybe, you just want to travel. Yeah. So she has a, a lot of like hobbies and things that she's never had the chance to really explore. Training has been very uh, time consuming. All her life is, is being part of the sovereign banners and this, like the law family. Um, so she hasn't had a chance to, and I, I gave her the proficiency of cooking tools. So she hasn't pursued that passion yet. Right. So that's maybe one thing we could do on the road. Like yeah. Maybe you, you're tempted by ingredients and things like that. Exactly. Or your, your face lights up when you go to a new town and you've heard about the cuisine here. Yeah. Okay. So we got to write about food then in our notebook. I'm True. so into writing okay, about so food. Start writing about food then. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll add new sections and stuff. So, okay. So obedience and freedom. Mm-hmm. Agatha, what about you? Um, I think the polls for Dongfeng are um, are the following the the mandate of heaven or following the mandate of the emperor. Oh, ooh, like the will of the gods. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like Dongfeng. Despite my description of Dongfeng being kind of like a, a rogy kind of like, uh, maybe I can try to get away with things kind of character. Uh, Dongfeng is still 
respects authority. <laughs> you try to work within the rules. Yeah, it's true. So, so I think this would be very, very interesting as someone who's been kicked out of uh, the Sky Court to to be like, okay, I do want to go back because it was so much better. Um, I didn't have to be a shrimp. I'm not saying that I don't like being a shrimp, but I didn't have to be a shrimp, and there are advantages to that. Um, and uh, and but also, if you're here, then you're like on earth then you're supposed to f- obey and serve the the ruler of this place so and also maybe i like i like that guy more <laughs> the jade emperor <laughs> the jade emperor sweet so like sky court child of the sky torn between those two yeah i like that amor how about you uh i'm thinking my character is torn between sort of settling in and building a life in Sha and not doing that because he's trying to get home. Ooh, Ooh. that's very good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how it might come up in more sort of... What is home? So your dramatic polls are basically the question of what is home. Yes. Your adopted home or your distant home. Yes. Literally in time and geography. Yeah, and that's not something I think about at all. No, no, totally. (laughs) Yeah, this is is the question, this is the poll that every member of a diaspora has to contend with. Mm -hmm. I'm super stoked about these characters. Yeah. I'm super stoked about this game. I'm super stoked about this world. And I'm excited about what we're going to do. I'm like so excited that I I almost just want to make this a normal episode because I want everybody to be able to listen to this session zero because what we've done is we've kind of tried to deconstruct D&D mm. while, you know, introducing somebody new to D&D because, like, there's, there's obviously, like, mad respect to you, Agatha, because not only are you kind of learning fifth edition, mm. but we're also destroying it at the same time mm. for you. So you're kind of like, your dramatic polls as a person are like <laughs> fifth edition and homebrew. <laughs> I don't know if those are my polls. No, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> those but are your polls. Those yeah, are my, those yeah, are my those polls. Are. Those are those are my GM polls. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like like kudos to you for thanks. Like you handling it like a champion, a champion of Shaw. Great. This is me clapping myself on the back. Woo! Um, and like, thank you, listener, for uh, you know following along on our new D&D journey and listening to session zero of uh, Stone of Heaven. Now, um, I feel like this is the time for social media calls. Like, if you want to follow along, because, you know, Steve, you talk about D&D online. Yep. Amar, you've been way more active on Twitter than you were when we first met. Mm-hmm. And Agatha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ag- Agatha is... On social media, ACNS represented. <laughs> yes. Um, find me there. But, um, like, Amar, where can, where can people find you on the internet so that they can ask you questions about that sort of, your, your character and see your thoughts? Yeah, you can follow me uh, at, on Twitter at uh, Amar Ijaz. That's uh, A-M-M-A-R-I-J-A-Z. And you'll also get updates about uh, the best DM I've ever come across. Yeah, Anderson, TM. Dramatic TM, manager. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Anderson, he's the best. Yep. And uh, Steve, how about you? Uh, I think if people want to reach out to me and talk to me, the best way is on Twitter. I'm at D-E-E-E-M Steve, at DM Steve phonetically. Uh, you can find me just retweeting D&D memes, I guess. But also sometimes I, I say things that are cool, I guess. I don't know. No, you say things that are cool. <laughs> oh. we, we met on Twitter. We started talking on Twitter. 
Then we, oh my God. And then we met in real life and it was great. That's true. I forgot that's how it happened. That was yeah. the order of events where we met on Twitter and all of a sudden like we're in like meet space and we're like, hey, what's like, up? Like really quickly. Yeah. And then now you're in my home. Yeah. Oh my, this is weird. <laughs> oh, wait, that's weird. That came out weird. Well, no, we're playing I like, D&D. I like, he, was, he was invited. He I was like, invited. I like it. I like it. No, outside the comfort zone. <laughs> outside the comfort zone. <laughs> true, true. That was great. And of course, if you have any questions about you know the themes we discuss in this episode of we're going to tentatively call it Dungeons and Da Asians. <laughs> That's the name. That's the TMMR. TMMR. <laughs> TM, TM. We couldn't think of a better name. Uh, so far, it's going to be Stone of Heaven, but Dungeons and Da Asians. <laughs> uh, Stone of Heaven. Um, you know, the, the mechanics we discussed or anything else related to Asians Represent, you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at A-Z-N-S Represent or as I get to say, A-Z-N-S Represent. And I've, you too. I've been catering to both. I've been catering to both sides of the Listen, border. This is Canada we're Day can- when we're recording this. Come yeah, on. come on. We're Canadians. Have some pride. S-A-Z. <laughs> okay. Or you can email us at A-Z-N-S Represent at OneShotPocket.com. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Wow. And AZNS represent at watchoutpodcast.com. Thank okay. you. And uh, yeah, do you want to do a shout out, Agatha, to to uh, to a one shot show? Yeah. <laughs> we we usually shout out to the broadswords. This is a D and D podcast, so for session zero, we should shout out to the broadswords um, because they, you know, we did play our first. If it actually happened, uh, Agatha's first ever fifth edition game with the broadswords at I think. One of their first cons, too. Live shows, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be a live show. Yeah, supposed to be. There were there were two people in the audience. It's true. One of the most, one of the worst conventions we've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the only time that the Broadsworth has had so little people listen to them. Yeah. And one of the best sessions of d and I ever played. Yeah. It, it, they're great. You should really go listen to them. They're they, their stories are really cool. Yeah, and they are an all-women actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast focusing on role-play, narrative, and diversity at the gaming table. Whoa, you got the, whoa, you got the blurb. <laughs> I got the blurb. And with that being said, I'm Daniel. I'm Agatha. I'm Amar. I'm Steve. And you've just listened to Asians, Asians Represent! Represent.